Welcome back to the show, everyone, where we are curating curiosity through compelling conversation. I am Jesse Mogul. Welcome to Everything's Interesting with Jesse Mogul. Hope you're checking me out on the website, MediaMogul.com, iTunes, MediaMogul.com forward slash iTunes. You can always just search Everything's Interesting with Jesse Mogul. I am the only one. Find me on all the forms of social media at Jesse Mogul Facebook, another at Media Mogul right there, guys. I am sorry I am running late on so much. I messed up my shoulder this week, so I'm getting out my story of the week a little late. This is going to be coming out on Wednesday. We're sort of pushing the schedule up a little bit. Not a good week, not a good week, but I'm figuring it out. This week's article of the week comes from Rolling Stone, another one of my favorite places to grab. In fact, so far, I think it's pretty much been my main place to grab other than a wired article here or there this one is called it's all about fracking it's called the small town that fought fracking well, at least that's the title on the page as i flip back to make sure <laughs> it's by a guy named uh, justin noble uh it's a great story it's about a little tiny town in pennsylvania uh grant township is the area not very big it's about this, a little bit larger than manhattan populated by 741 people uh grant township in pennsylvania it fought fracking you know how hard that is when you start trying to go up against big energy it's the very first city township whatever you want to call it to try to go up against these energy companies and in fact as we go a little bit through this you're going to find that much in the same vein that the corporations were allowed to have something passed through um, the Supreme Court saying that they were actual um, entities, which means that they had voting rights. And, and for the most part, let's just face it, they were able to just start dumping millions and millions of dollars into our political system. Um, the, what the township, Grant Township, tried to pull off and is still working on is actually getting the environment to have legal rights where it itself can sue. But let's get into that a little bit later. Let's focus a little bit on the backstory. Story here. Um, as you get into this story, what blows my mind is how little money sometimes these companies are able to save in order to take advantage of the system, uh, or, in, or really in order to just start to pollute or want to do something. And let me let me explain why I say this. Um, it, they were doing this PG&E, the Pennsylvania General Energy, an oil and gas exploration company, was already trucking tens of thousands of gallons of fracking wastewater uh, to faraway injection wells in Ohio. Uh, what they figured out is they could save $2 million if they came up with an injection well that was in Pennsylvania. Um, to get an idea of what an injection well is, um, there are some 36,000 oil and gas wastewater injection wells, disposal sites for the fluid that seeps to the surface after fracking. So if you have an injection well, they have to get rid of, so to understand fracking, and most of you probably know what this is, but for those of you who don't, let's, let's give you a, a brief little history of it here. Um, there's natural gas that's in the earth, and for the most part, it can just be tapped without doing too much damage. We've pretty much tapped out our natural gas reserves that were just big pockets of natural gas, and now what we need to do is we need to send high-pressured water down into the ground to break up the rock to release the gas. It's all underneath there. Imagine like little capillaries inside your your bodies, the main veins, the, the big pools of blood, the heart, if you will, of the natural gas industry was just going after these pockets. Well, now it's in these tiny little crevices all throughout the rocks, the shale. And I'm pretty sure it's called shale. At least that's the part that made big money for everybody in North Dakota. So you send this highly pressurized water 
um, down into, and there's got to be chemicals and whatnot involved in this too. So don't think this is just drinking water. It, they're, it's very toxic, okay? And it goes down into the ground and it breaks up the rocks. And in the process, the natural gas is released and now they can you know, scoop it all up and, and they can use it. But what happens to all that water that's been pushed down to the ground? It, it does come back up. What doesn't just stay down in there? Uh, it comes back up, and now it's this very toxic wastewater. Um, so you've got to imagine that fracking, which is great as far as getting natural gas out, and it was a huge boom. Americans have been enjoying cheap domestic energy resulting from fracking for quite some time now. It's absolutely fantastic for what it's done with our energy prices, not so much about what it's going to do to the environment. So the United States has about 36,000 oil and gas wastewater injection wells, disposal sites for the fluid that seeps to the surface after the well is fracked. Okay, that's sunk across the entire United States, 36,000 of these things, people. And these injection wells that are just being filled with this toxic water sludge, it's going to seep into our drinking supply. It already has in many places. The, there's methane issues also that come with it. Anyways, it's absolutely abysmal. And you just got to think about, like, okay, that Marcellus shale layer is developed. Along with it, there's massive shale layers all around that are being utilized for this natural gas. Now, this little township found out that the EPA and others were, uh, PG&E, were attempting to get a disposal well, this injection well, in their community. Um, it just, I mean, you've already got a picture that these communities have had millions of gallons of chemical-laden pressurized fluid just shot down deep into the layers of the rock that create these fractures that release the trapped oil and gas. I mean, this is happening already. So now whatever water doesn't come up through this process is now needing to be disposed of in one way or another. And heaven forbid these companies try to come up with something that's more environmentally friendly. No, 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 no. Let's just inject it back down into the ground. I don't know where they expect it to go, but this is something that the article said, and you know how I am about not wanting to read directly out of it, but just check, listen to this. Fracking wastewater is a toxic brew containing some of the carcinogenic and flammable chemicals left over from the fracking process, as well as heavy metals and radioactive elements like radon and radium that seep out of deep rock layers between 2005 and 2014. This, listen to this, guys. That is only nine years. America pumped approximately 189 billion gallons of fracking wastewater down injection wells. Now, what I love about Rolling Stone is how they try to break this down into something that will truly be able to, to get into your head. That's the equivalent of the Niagara Falls gushing directly into the earth for 14 and a half days. <laughs> It, it's it's so the guy in here even claims that it's pumping it into the ground seems like a foolish way to dispose of toxic material there are going to be gigantic unknown and long-term consequences one of the consequences has been earthquakes um, the USGA the United States do, 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 geological survey has already linked earthquakes uh, from injection wells in Ohio, Arkansas, and Oklahoma. And being from Oklahoma, I know for a fact that they are having an issue with this. It went from one rarely ever to now there are hundreds 
and of these things happening every year. And of course, you know, Scott Pruitt, the new head of the EPA, him and Einhoff, which is one of the senators, representatives, anyways, he's a jerk off from Oklahoma. Absolutely horrible, horrible person. Uh, they're buddies from back in the day of their Oklahoma ties. Uh, they're just dismantling the EPA. They hate the EPA because of what it does as far as commerce goes. And, and I've got a whole story about Pruitt later. Of course, Rolling Stone wrote one up. It's absolutely fantastic. Definitely should check it out. Um, so anyways, these people in the Grant Township realized that the ground beneath them was going to be used as a vast toxic waste storage locker. Uh, PG&E had planned to inject 42,000 gallons of fracking wastewater a day into a layer of rock 7,500 feet beneath the ground, where it should remain for eternity, supposedly. Um, we're talking – that is 42,000 gallons of fracking wastewater a day. I mean, how big is? do they expect this hole in the ground is down there? Oh, my goodness. So, of course, people in this town raise, uh, you know, safety concerns. They they bring it up. Uh, a lot of them express concerns about seismic faults and the toxicity, toxicity and reactivity of the fracking wastewater. Um, of course, they're novices. You know, the, the, the idea of going up against this huge Pencil, Pennsylvania gas or Pennsylvania General Energy Company with, you know, million, billions of dollars at their disposal would well, got to be scary as hell for a, a township with a population less than 800. Um, you got to see that, I mean, this is definitely going to go court. And of course it went court, crazy court. Um, it just, I'm reading over this thing. They, they started up Community Environmental Legal Defense Fund uh, with a very minimal budget. Um, you know, there's people in here mentioned about with uh, different documentaries they did. Um, it, it was absolutely, I mean, I, I hesitate to start reading directly out of this article, but it's going to blow your mind. You've got to get a hold of this thing. You've got to go Google Rolling Stone and the in fracking. I promise you it's going to pop up as one of the first ones, uh, the small town that fought fracking. You've got to check this out. I, there's so much about this article that I want to talk about, and I, and I don't want to get into just reading out of it. So let me just jump into the way I, the way this thing makes me feel. Their their ultimate goal is to expand since the, the expansion of constitutional rights for corporations. The way they see it is is why can't they expand constitutional rights for the environment, and so that if these energy companies, any company, tries to go out and explicitly exploit the environment, then there is a way for them to sue. Like, not only can the people sue, but the environment can sue. And you have to, th you have to think, and what blew my mind about this, too, is that they start talking about expanding the constitutional rights of corporations, uh, corporate personhood. I didn't realize how far back it went. The first case they bring in here began in 1886 case involving the Southern Pacific Railroad. Um, this guy had never even this justice chief justice morrison wait a corporate attorney never spent a day at, uh, as a judge prior to joining the supreme court determined the 14th amendment originally crafted to secu secure constitutional rights for free slaves applied to corporations in 1906 corporations gained protection from unreasonable searches and seizures in 1931 a case for a russian shipbuilder protected corporations from unlawful government seizures under the fifth amendment in 1970s, there was uh, cases that granted corporations free speech rights under the First Amendment, uh, and of course that 2010 case, Citizens United, where now you know corporations can just dump money into whatever they want to. 
the thing is, is like this has been going on for so long. And as I was reading some blinks recently about Roosevelt and Taft and the trust busting that went on with Roosevelt, I mean, since corporations were even able to start forming, and really you got to think about the railroads being the very first one that really all these robber barons started getting together and thinking about the ways they could exploit the land. And certainly after uh, the Civil War when the carpetbaggers from the north went down to the south and started to exploit them, the corporations have been doing their damnedest to just take over and control as much about our country as they can. And democracy and capitalism combined allow for that which I speak. I mean, greed is going to be in so many of these people. And when you have a democracy and you have a capitalism, then there's so many different ways that this money can get into the system and exploit it for rich people to get richer. So if the environment is allowed to be considered its own entity, is about is, is it allowed to get constitutional rights, then all of these companies that are trying to dump poison into our rivers and streams and tributaries and, and, and you know, dump toxic waste into our, our ground, uh, they're not going to be able to do it, at least not as easily. Like This is going to immediately be Supreme Court cases constantly coming from this. And it's something I think is an absolutely great idea. If corporations can be citizens united and been dump money crazy money into things why can't the environment now they say with corp without people corporations don't exist and the environment can exist without people but i don't think it can because we're doing a damn good job of destroying it and wanting to have these injection wells which is already happening i mean we live in los angeles so doubtful that there's one within our city limits but going out and finding these rural places that don't have much going on for them anyways and then disrupting their community by having these huge trucks full of toxic waste just pumping it into the ground, you're going to dan- you're going to damage their aquifers or whatever source they get their water from, and more than likely it's going to be astronomically expensive to get newer, cleaner water there, and inevitably that's going to fall upon the township or the cities, the municipalities, the the, the state itself, while these companies, you know, this saves it saves Pacific. Um, I don't know why I keep forgetting this. It says Pacific General Energy, $2 million by coming up with an injection well in Pennsylvania rather than trucking it to Ohio. $2 million is all they're going to say by coming up with another place. And they're already doing this in Ohio. So uh, it might seem like I'm rambling here, but what, what blew my mind was just the fact that this small little town was finally standing up against this huge company. They had some court cases. Of course, one of them, you know, lower courts, some said, you know, pro-environment and pro-township. Others said, no, you can't stop this company from, you know, doing what it wants in order to make money and save money. And constantly putting commerce like Scott Pruitt is currently doing in front of the environment is ridiculous. It reminds me of the poachers in Africa who go after the horns of rhinoceros and elephants. I remember when it was the was it the albino rhino that recently went extinct or black rhino or I mean they're all on their verge but what get, what gets me is that they they poach these rhinos for the horns to make the money to feed their families and do whatever else they need that money for, and yet they're killing off a species that is not quickly renewable. These these baby rhinos don't. It's not like they grow these awesome horns overnight. It takes decade for them to get worthy of of cutting off, and so they kill these animals. And it's you're, it's like you you cut off your nose to spite your face, no pun intended with the rhinoceros and the elephants there. But you know that you only have so many rhinoceri and, and so many elephants, and you want to kill them to get the horns. But by killing them, you make it so that there's not any more rhinoceri or elephant. 
And so rather than like building huge sanctuaries and allowing these things to mate, and there are ways to cut the horn off and allow the animal to live. It's dangerous, and some animals have died during this process, but it is possible. And the horn even will grow back um, because it's, it's actually like dense, dead skin cells. Or, and so anyways, my point is that you could easily have a breeding ground where you just constantly had these horns growing in a certain rotation. Like you could at least attempt that, but instead you're killing off this resource and eventually there's just no more resource. And now what are you going to do to make money? You know, you're not even eating the meat. You just chop off the freaking husks and then walk away. It's like the sharks with the, with the shark fin. Like seriously, there's tons more shark available there. At least if you're going to cut its fins off, do something else with the rest of it. For goodness sakes, you cannot tell me there's not other parts of that shark you can use. And I'm not for killing sharks, elephant, or rhinoceri at all. I'm just saying, if you're going to be a dick and do it anyways, at least figure out a way to do something with the rest of it. So you have commerce being put in front of the environment throughout our country. And at some point, you're going to damage the environment so much, there will be nothing left. We're going to run out of water. We're going to run out of clean places to to plant our gardens. We're going to run out of clean places just to live. And I get that the rich think that this isn't going to bother them at some point. But eventually, the masses will rise up. We'll make them drink this water. We'll make them eat the food from the sludge land. Um, So when these companies want to go in and just poison another community, not even think about better ways to do it, I mean... If there's no way to, uh, I, when I saw this 42,000 gallons of this fracking fluid, um, 36,000 of these water in, wastewater injection wells, I mean, in nine years, we d- dumped 14 and a half days worth of the Niagara Falls. And if you've ever seen video of that, it's ridiculous how much water is coming out of that. Um, change needs to occur. And, you know, this article goes on to talk about uh, in a 1972 paper he read in law school called Should Trees Have a Standing? Talks about how children as young as eight once worked in American factories into the 1920s. Women in most states couldn't vote, serve on juries, sue in court. 160 years ago, African Americans were sold at auction. The fact is that each time there's a movement to confer rights on something new, it's some new ent- entity. Their proposal is bound to sound odd or frightening or laughable, wrote this gentleman named Stone in this article. Not the author, the person they're quoting. Um, this is partly because until the rightless thing receives its rights, we cannot see it as anything but a thing for us for the use of us. And so what they're trying to say is that you've got to stand up to the envi- for the environment. And you have to pass these laws that allow the environment to have some sort of standing within the communities and, and within a legal with it with to have legal rights now i get it, it sounds absolutely wackadoodle to allow this to happen but if we don't do something to start saving our environment now and it, this has got to be you know this little township of less than 800 stands up to this humongous energy company and of course pruitt and all the like are just taking money hand over fist from big coal and big energy so we and of course, these nonprofits don't have nearly the the you know the bottomless resources that all of these you know international corporations do. Um, the only thing that we have to stand for is what is the Earth going to look like if we don't? And so, if you go and read this article, and I highly recommend you do, it's just the amount of information that's 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 put into it is nowhere near as confusing as some of the others that I've read. Um, but at the same time, it really wakes you up to the idea that we should be standing up to these gigantic 
uh, industries who are looking to poison our lands and poison our waters. We don't need you know, we don't need definitive tests to tell me that pumping all this toxic water into the ground is going to cause a problem. Water, it's water. Here's what water does: water goes where water can go. Water is gravity; it will go wherever it can go. You've seen water split rocks and carve out the Grand Canyon. You've seen roots from trees split boulders. I mean, things are going to go where they can go. And so if you pump all this water down there, it doesn't just sit. It's not like there's some bubble that it can hide in. You know, they're not even putting those kind of things in place down there, like, you know, aqua sock for it to sit in. This water is just going down there. And it, based upon purely, if nothing else, but by gravity, it's going to move. If one earthquake happens because of these injection wells being so, look at it this way: maybe the maybe there are, maybe they put it into a hole that has absolutely no way for any of the poison toxic water to go anywhere else but where it's at. But because they're putting this toxic water down there and they're using this this insane amount of pressure, it causes earthquakes, which could cause the the bedrock or the shale or whatever's down there to break up. Now that water is going to flow somewhere. Okay, it's it's just is. It's going to flow until it can't flow anymore, and it's inevitably going to find a, a drinking source. It, it, it's just inevitably going to go that way. Um, you know, it, perfectly great world. You know, we could break the earth open. You know, seventy-five miles, get way below the mantle. However, I think the mantle is only. You know, I don't know how deep the mantle is. I did not research that for this podcast. You know, it'd be great if we could open up a hole to the center of the of the planet and just start dumping shit down that because at least then it'd burn up. The fact remaining is that we do not have that ability. We need to figure out, can we dispose of this toxic wastewater correctly? And if we can't, we need to stop fracking because if this one company, and, they, and imagine there's 36,000 of these wells around the United States. If this one company wants to put 42,000 gallons a day, every day down in this hole, imagine the amount of gallons going into all those others and extrapolate that out by 40, 42,000 gallons by 36,000 wells. It's a whole hell of a ton of damage to our environment going on. Oh, goodness gracious. I could talk about this forever. It's You got to imagine I'm a, right here it even says that the EPA uh, reapproved Piagini's Grant Township injection well you know in March of this year which of course they did it's Scott Pruitt they don't care um, the agency didn't make any of the the complaints but apparently uh, in Pittsburgh they investigated uh, an Pittsburgh investigative nonprofit called the Public Herald uncovered nearly 10,000 complaints dating back to 2004. Many of them terrifying. Complaint notes and odor to water about a year ago. And, I mean, and this is in uh, one woman from Washington County, south of Pittsburgh. So what's crazy is that the people who voted Donald Trump in, which was a you know a lot of those states in the Pennsylvania, a lot of those people in Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin area, this is they live out in the middle of the woods. A lot of these places, and this is the perfect dumping ground for toxic waste. And you know, I'm not saying that this wasn't also happening under Obama's watch because clearly 36,000 injection wells don't get made overnight. 
Um, so this has been happening on everyone's watch, and it's time that we stand up and say no more. No more. And I don't know who we can contact, but I'd be willing to bet it could start. You know, It's a bummer living. It could start with your senators, your state senators and House of Representatives is how I was going to finish that sentence. And then I wanted to jump right into the fact that since I live in California, I really feel like calling up my House of Representatives and my, and my state senators and my, uh, you know, anybody who's involved with Washington, D.C. Is, is, is futile because they're all Democrat. But that doesn't mean that they're not siding with big business on some of this stuff because like I said before 36,000 injection wells do not get built since January oh my goodness so you go out there do some more research fracking is bad there are people standing up to it let's keep an eye on this does the environment deserve its own rights because I'll tell you what that would be grandiose and it's making its way through the court system and it hasn't been kiboshed yet uh, of course with the Supreme Court leaning now 5-4 to the Republican side, who knows how this will play out. Do these humans who sit high atop our political infrastructure have the wherewithal to stand up for the little person? Or are they going to con- continue to be bought off by these conglomerates? We've already seen our own Supreme Court side with companies like Monsanto in order to allow them to keep taking advantage of us and poison us are they going to continue allowing big energy and big coal and big pharma to do the same? Because if so, we have to seriously start to rethink how we are putting these people into office and how long they're allowed to stay. And are we going to start making them make change? And the only way to do that is to be willing to vote them out. Even if you are conservative, you have to start seeing it from the point that this isn't a political battle. This isn't Republican versus Democrat. This is Earth versus the rich. And we're the ones living on it, and we're the ones getting poisoned. And if you think those people in D.C. give two dams about us as they're driving around their fancy cars or their fancy little summer homes, you're wrong. Because if, we, if anything has been shown to us time and time again, that greed will overtake even those with the best intentions. And if left to their own devices, they will sell us out for a couple million dollars. So that's it, guys. Thank you for listening to Everything's Interesting with Jesse Mogul. Follow me on all social media platforms at Jesse Mogul. Facebook as at Media Mogul. Find me on mymediamogul.com forward slash iTunes. Make sure you're subscribing. Leave some comments below. What do you think needs to happen? Do you think that there's any true way that we can put a stop to this, or is it just going to continue to go out of control? Who is the person responsible? And is it one or is it hundreds? And that's what the answer is. It's hundreds. It's not just one person. It's not Democrat. It's not Republican. It's all of them, all of them who are allowing this stuff to go down because I'm telling you what, we continue to just keep brushing over this stuff and in 2100, it's not going to look good. We're going to have humongous dead zones all throughout the ocean. We're going to have poisoned fish everywhere. You're not going to be able to eat 90% of the food. We're going to have tons of food and it's all going to be poison. So that's it, guys. Thanks for listening to Everything's Interesting with Jesse Mogul and until next time, safe journey. <laughs>